0: Shatty Arafat and I hung out in episode 44, we decided to do a deeper dive into practical tips you can use with your dog uh, on this episode, so this time we also used video recording on our, on our end so that the audio on your end would sound more lively and hopefully personable. If you're a dog person, enjoy, and welcome to episode 46 of Kitchen Conversations, saturday april 25th hi shadi right, shadi we're on uh, part two this is fun <laughs> all right tell people why we're doing a part two because i think it's a cool story or at least it's interesting.
1: Um, I wasn't I wasn't very satisfied with um, our last interviews, my first podcast, a little nervous and face to face. And I did not. I did not do well because I couldn't see your face as we were talking. It makes such a difference. Yeah, it's like it was, more, it was less of a conversation. It was just like a kind of like phone call.
0: Um, I'm going to record with sort of my ch- mentor on the dog side. She is this phenomenal dog trainer, guru, dog whisperer human being best friend to dogs in the sense that like she just stares at a dog like you I mean I won't speak for you but I'll speak for me like I stared a dog and I could watch a dog and I can pick up I don't know three four things instantly right and I'm I'm pretty psyched I'm pretty proud of myself that I could do that and then I she does the same thing I'm in a room there's a dog or multiple dogs or even this is just one and I start asking her questions and within those you know few seconds she's just rattling off 20, 30 different concepts about the dog. I'm like, how did you pick up all that stuff? Like, well, the ears here and the eyes here and the tail. And then if you look at the angle of the body, I'm like, okay, wait. So then you, then I, of course, make myself a fool because I say, okay, so we're supposed to be doing this to achieve, achieve this goal. And of course, I'm wrong. Um, and she's got such a better method uh, that makes so much more sense. And so she and I are recording, and the topic is brilliant. So I'm going to. I'm gonna see how close you and I can get to predicting the answer to this topic. It's like a, is this like trivia for you and me? Okay. Okay. All right. The topic is gonna be how to acclimate your dog to getting used to the parent not being home when the coronavirus goes away. I was thinking
1: about that. It's like. All these pups are so excited. Like, how are they gonna? What are they gonna do? Um, I just think it's important to set boundaries while you're at home now with the pups, so like they they understand that things. Are, hopefully, maybe things will go back to normal. Um, but to acclimate them best, is just in my opinion, is, is set boundaries. Just go go for go for maybe less not less walks, but more regular walks, like as the regular schedule would be if everything was back to normal. Um, not so many treats. Those are those are the two that come to mind. Um, what what are your thoughts?
0: I had not thought of either of those. Those those have to be spot on. I was thinking the problem is you're always home. So you have to do the baby steps to not be home. So start making it 30 minutes when you're not home. Turn that into an hour when you're not home. Turn that into three hours when you're not home. So every you know the grocery run or Take the walk with your dog outside, but you've got to spend time outside without your dog. Like, no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's then... You're leaving without them. Yeah, they have to, like... Because you just... I, I, mean, I know you and I know this. You can't go from zero to 60. Like, it's got to be some gradual process. And the biggest mistake, I'm sure, that is going to come out is is the idea of saying, all right, well, I'm just not here for eight hours see you later. And that is going to cause anxiety. That is going to cause accidents inside. And so I'm just, you know, really, dis- I mean, they can get really bothered by that. And to the point where medically speaking, it causes a problem.
1: Especially for these dogs that have new homes that like everybody's everybody's fostering or adopting new pups and these dogs get used to that routine. Routine is very key to pups.
0: I mean, I don't know how you acclimate back to like eight, nine hours not home. I mean, I don't know what the typical. I mean, for you and I, of course, with our parents, we're making the eight hours or whatever, nine hours, whatever it is, in half, right? Because we're we're being mom or or dad in the middle of the day as as dog walkers for those who are not sure. Yeah, we did a terrible job by the way introducing this episode and the whole concept. Welcome to Kitchen Conversations, episode 46, I believe it is, for Saturday, April 18th. I'm here with Shadi Arafat, who is uh, Houston's best dog walker and uh, as trustworthy as you're possibly going to get. And the horror stories that both you and I have heard of dog walkers that we don't even want to hear the whole story when someone starts telling us, Um, I trust uh, one other person with my dog. And that would be you. And, uh, besides like my wife, that's, that's, yeah, that's it. Yep. My daughter's trying to get to that point. She's got a a ways to go. Um, as Shadi knows, my dog, uh, Jack is reactive and for non-dog people, that means I see something that could be a threat, even though it's not a threat and I'm going to let them know, stay away from my daddy, (laughs) stay away from my family. Um, so, yeah, I think – are we missing one? Is there one we could be missing on the progression of having your dog be ready for you not being home?
1: Um, no, just having downtime for your dog. Like I understand a lot of, a lot of pups are just I just laying around waiting for their parents to stop staring at their computer screen all day. But just under putting them in their kennel while you're at work is, is a good one.
0: Oh, you are home, but they're in their regular spot. Now, some obviously, some dogs don't go in kennels, but uh... – it's is that time away, right? That's what's so hard because most of us are not spending time away from the house, and yeah, you know, that's the exact progression that the dog needs. I actually
1: have um, I have one pet parent that was complaining that their dog's actually having accidents in the house now, and that's not normal. And is while they're working, all of a sudden, she'll go off and like use a hallway to to go number one or number two, and like they couldn't understand it. I'm like maybe just keep her in the kennel while you're working.
0: Mm. Um, have her oh, because the dog's not themselves. normally out that long right Uh, and
1: they are taking her every two hours but she's she just goes out for a walk and doesn't take care of business as soon as they get back she'll like use the bathroom just having make sure like there is there is a quiet times like i'm working you need to be in your kennel but we'll go out in a couple hours here's a frozen Kong to keep you to keep you out keep you busy for the next 20 minutes
0: all right that makes sense yeah we'll see we'll see how close we get all right what do you want to dive into this is where it's going to get fun there are so many topics. Do you have questions that are common questions that people ask you as sort of a dog expert? Common questions:
1: How do you get your dog
0: to stop pulling? That is a good one.
1: That you go first. It's consistency. Consistency is key with dogs. Like we said earlier, um, it's all about it's all about habits and uh, like regular having consistency with your pup is very important because if if you're not doing the same thing over and over again, then they're going to get away with stuff like you taught me dogs are gamblers um together if they if they do something once and it's incorrect and they still get treated or they still get the, um, the outcome that they wanted they think that that's okay so they'll keep on trying it so it's getting that idea out of their head that if they pull towards a squirrel we're going to go towards it it's like no we need to sit and wait look at me whenever you do see a squirrel and then we'll go chase it together mm. that's, that's the um, the allowing of pulling, but it's consistency of just keeping your pup by your side. The way you hold your leash is very important so that you don't hurt yourself or hurt the dog. My thing is I like to – I try this a little differently depending on how bad the dog is. Um, I keep the leash behind my back with two hands. I
0: do the same thing.
1: Nice. I don't yeah, really know t- why I do that though. I, I feel like that way it teaches them to stay to my side. And like not to pass me up, because once they pass you up, there is there is no stopping them for the most part. Um, so if I keep them by them aside and let them know like this is the boundary, until we like you stop and sniff at something, then we'll stop together. Then you can then you can roam. With it behind my back, I can feel the tug more, and I can stop it from happening. Instead of in front of me, where it kind of gets away from me, and it's I'm teaching them a bad behavior that I don't want them to do.
0: If you're Arm, if we're holding the leash in our left hand, as an example, if it's behind your back, and they pull, your back stops that leash from going out farther, so this keeps them closer to the side. So it's literally just the the physics of it. I've got a a sort of bias pro and con towards certain leashes that I feel have some effect upon pulling. I'm I am wildly opposed to so I'm getting in trouble for this one for a, a particular leash that a lot of people like which is the one that just extends ones. Yes. Because it, and, and I, I have read an article, so this is not just my craziness that, you know, you're, you're teaching the dog that they're in charge of and not just in charge of the distance changing, but this sense of, it does the opposite of what you and I talked about is it goes against consistency. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole point of a dog, is consi- of their life, is create a consistent, healthy, but consistent environment. And when they can stretch out 12 feet, then they can go back to, you know, you're creating a range, which is the opposite of consistency. Right. Um, and that, and I'm, I've got to believe that encourages pulling.
1: I, I agree with you on that, for sure. Especially, um, I think it's important to have a slack on the leash. Like, if, if there's no slack, you want to train your dog to be able to walk with slack. And if you're using retractable leashes, there is no slack and there's a constant tug on the harness or on the collar. So it, it doesn't let them know when they're getting towards the end of their boundaries that you're trying to set. So I, I, I'm not I, a big fan of the retractable leashes.
0: I think you can guess which is my favorite one, yeah? Um, the ropes? The slip lead, yeah. The slip lead, yes. Yeah, because if it's, if it's done correctly, which is critical, low on the neck – for those that are not aware, slip lead, because it is, it's is—it's magic. Um, it is a single piece. I guess rope is the right way to describe it, right? But it ha- the rope is looped at the end, so there is no collar and leash. It's all in one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to clip on. There's no metal clip. And the beauty is that if it's low on their neck, that's not where their throat is. That's not where they're breathing. And so that gives more flexibility like if you are running. But the magic of it is when it's right underneath their ears, which looks odd because it is high up, but it gives this massive amount of control, and even more importantly, because people hear the word control and they think um, a uh, hold on, just help me, Shadi, I just lost it. The uh, the harness with the the choke the choke harness, remind me what that's called. Uh, the metal ones. Yeah. The prong, prong collar. Yes. Prong collar, right? So they think, oh, control prong collar. I had a dog. I'm going to finish this thought with the story. I had a dog that I walked who I will say is the second strongest dog I ever walked because the first one was the story I'll save for you another day. (laughs) Uh, And this second strongest dog was so strong, Shadi, that on our first walk – Using the parent's leash, which I never use a parent's leash after this. I always use mine. Slip leash, of course. It, I had cuts all on my hand um, towards the beginning of my wrist because the dog would turn his head, snap down onto the leash, and then violently swing his head left and right, left and right, trying to yank it as, as a game. It, it was a game. Okay. But he was also incredibly strong, and so I'm there holding the leash as he's trying to yank it out of my arm – or my hand, rather, and it was, it, was, it was like the intro walk, so the parent was there. And for those that don't know – this blew my mind when I found it out – it shouldn't have, being a teacher. Dogs act worse oftentimes when the parent is there. Yes. And I thought, wait, how, why? I don't get it. That's crazy because then the parent's not there and the dog is more civil. Now, this dog was not more civilized uh, <laughs> when the parent wasn't there or there was a bit – it was a bit better. But I thought, why? And, and someone had to point out to me politely without saying duh, but basically what she was saying was that that's what kids do. And I thought, oh, yeah. Like <laughs> as a teacher, they're going to try far fewer things in my classroom than they do at home. I just never thought a dog would do that, but they, sure enough, they're smarter than we give them credit for. It. And I'm taking forever to finish this story. So the dog's like ripping, like pulling my hand, pulling my hand. Then on our first official walk, I used to the parents like total worried the dog's gonna slip out. I used the slip lead, and the it's up right behind the ear, so it's not on their throat. The and he tried one time to get out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Compared to the dog that tried over and over grabbing the leash and violently pulling. And he realized that the harder he pulled, the more uncomfortable. It doesn't hurt them, it makes it uncomfortable. There's a big difference between those two. And he realized it's like how incredibly uncomfortable it was. And the harder he worked, the more uncomfortable it was for him to try to get out of it. And he just stopped cold turkey. Within seconds, I went from like this sore hand. To a dog with slack, like as you're mentioning, slack on the leash, just walking calmly. So this is my long praise for a slip lead uh, collar when used correctly. I wish I discovered it. And then uh, another dog I have that has huge anxiety and refused to go outside. You know who it is. And um, super scared, right? I think it's the most fearful dog I've ever met. I don't know about you. Um, and the slip lead saved her life in the sense that it let her go outside on walks. She's still scared, but she was able to do it because she just didn't want to keep battling the uncomfortableness of the slip lead.
1: Yeah, and it's better than choke, choking them too. Oh my like, gosh, like, don't Aw. get me
0: started. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: when and, I hear that, I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry, but like I'm, I'm trying to help you so we don't do this.
0: Yeah, and it, I, I really have heard both with the choke collar that it's not really choking them um is teaching them not to pull but at the same time even a slip lead a hundred percent of all collars can be dangerous if there's too much pull or whatever on a dog um but that dog that was that second strongest dog what was he what was his collar before i used the slip lead what was it this is a prong yes it didn't work no it didn't work it didn't matter he i mean that it, it'd be driving into his neck it didn't matter but this soft little rope <laughs> it's always yeah. the simple that's the most powerful okay so i'm talking too much about this but i do believe i guess part of my, my point is pulling is huge and the two i would the three i'd put out there is not to use the retractable because you get the slack but you get the predictable slack as you're saying um i like the behind the back i'm in love with slip lead because it gives so control if you pull a little bit right It's going to pull their neck a little bit right, and it teaches them really fast to stay right next to you. Um, And then uh, what's the last one? Oh, this one works well, too, is you walk a few steps, stop, and you randomly go back a few steps to randomly continue the walk forward a few steps. Mm -hmm. Um, And just random stops by you as well, keeping them by your side. And that with a slip lead has always worked for me to, to teach them to stop pulling.
1: I like to give them a fair warning when I'm stopping, Um, or I do like a couple like stomps as I'm stopping, like right foot stomp, left foot stomp, right mm. foot stomp, and I finally stop and they're like, okay, time to stop. And like, they, they remember that dogs, dogs are the best trainers in the world. Yeah. They're watching your
0: mannerisms. Who's, traini- who's training, who's training home?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like if you're getting up to oh. get a treat from, from wherever you get your treats, like they know. One out of five times you moved your pinky like this and I got a treat, so I'm going to follow you to the kitchen. Like this is that's your walk. We, and I want to say one thing about the behind the back. As long as you keep it above your knees, you're you should be safe. Yeah. Agree with that. So you not taken out.
0: Uh we we do fall into the easy mistake of feeling like to fix the problem, what do we need to do? And I think it's easy to forget what do they need? Mm-hmm. That you, we, if we only look at one or the other, uh, we could easily make a mistake. So this whole conversation is about what do we need to be able to decrease their pull? Mm-hmm. It's so critical that we look at what their needs are. And I'm not saying, notice I said the word need and not want. Right? right. Chasing the squirrel, I think is actually a, a Decent thing to let them do. I mean, you want to let them have sniff walks at least sometimes. Does every walk have to be <laughs> you go 30 feet and it takes an hour? <laughs> no, you don't have to do every walk like that, but once in a while, mix that in. And I think once in a while, mix in the squirrel. But the key would be to, if it's a dog that's really appalling, I'm in charge, you're not dog, then give them permission to go get the squirrel, right. whether so you use know. a release word. Or you make them sit before they go to the squirrel or something because they're they're going to be fine with if they have to sit and then go check the squirrel out like as long as you're in control at first. So this is critical in the concept of what do they need because there's one dog that I realized later in the game uh, after a few walks that this dog likes to run with the parent at Memorial. Mm-hmm. And I had, and there are really just there are dogs that are running dogs and there are dogs that aren't and right. that's just you know we're, we are all different as people dogs are all different and it was a game changer the minute I found that out because then you know I, my love for running with the dogs and uh, and so we changed our walks into runs and all of a sudden what was the dog like in the middle and the end of the run totally at peace loving life so much more not wanting to pull yeah because he's exhausted (laughs) right so you would i i could have made the mistake and just done the let me use all the correct tools and how we hold the leash and Mm -hmm. and and that is, is is half the battle and thankfully now using that as well as the other part is what does that dog need he needs to run Right. He's getting what he not what he just wants but what he needs. Um and you put those two together, you got a happy dog. Yeah. A happy some dog dogs, that is not
1: pulling. Right. Yeah, like some dogs just need they need faster paced walks. Yeah. And like if if you just do a faster paced walk as well, like you'll notice at least halfway through the walk, they will slow down a little bit. And then at the, and at one point you will be um you will be at like at the same level of, of pace and like everybody's happy. And like the dog got what they needed and and you're getting their exercise out. So yeah, every dog is different. Their strides is different, and it's figuring that out.
0: Um, and then I think you and I both do this, is not just go on walks, but this is important for parents just on their own dog, which is just figuring out what is that dog, what does the parent want from the experience, is also what does the dog want from that experience. Right. Um, and can they match up? You know, that that was the the mistake that I made was with that dog that needed a run. Um, I was doing a hundred percent of what the parents said. And she, Jeez. she literally said he only needed a, a short walk. And um, I think, I don't know how much of it was her being kind or just whatever she felt was the the critical piece, but he's absolutely happier doing a 20 minute run right. than an 11 minute walk.
1: Yeah. I know, And it's like, some yeah, some people are just trying to be nice about it, but yeah, the dogs. Sometimes the longer you take them out, the better, depending on the dog and their age, of course. Um,
0: and figuring out yeah, their what their wants. Who likes squirrels versus who likes lizards. <laughs> and speaking of uh, longer walks, let's put in the public service announcement that as the heat comes up around the corner, how critical it is that uh, we all keep out, especially in Houston. But but summer is everywhere, uh, unless you're listening to this podcast and. antarctica greenland um that uh that you are mindful of hot pavement and hot roads and hot sidewalks and uh it can get very dangerous for a dog's paws
1: yeah i can go early um early morning walks before Mm. before the sun comes up and heats up the pavement or evening evening walks like longer ones for those two times and then the afternoon just keeping it nice and short to take care of business Something I learned is to test a pipe. The way to test a pavement is the back of your hand test. uh, You can put the back of your hand on the pavement for more than five seconds without it causing you any discomfort or pain.
0: Then it's good for the dog's paws. That's a new one for me. Thank you. I learned something new. I'm sure that's one of a few coming up. Um, A lot of our dogs' parents want that dog walk in the middle of the day. You're busier, right, in the middle of the day then beginning or end so just looking for shade and using the shaddy palm test should do it yeah, yeah just keeping a mindful um,
1: observation of yeah the shadier routes so those pavements will be a lot cooler for your pub.
0: so my walks have gone down 60 percent in this crazy time you're living in what about you um yeah i would say about yeah about 70
1: percent it's pretty high because I also do pet sitting, too, for some pups. They come stay with me, and that's non-existent. But I'm really happy for the pups. They're the real winners. They get to hang out with their pet parents.
0: All right, Shadi, we've got uh, one more fun topic to explore. What, what do you think it should be?
2: Uh, how about fun activity? What are you doing with, uh, with Jack or fun activities during now? Or do you want to do it something for more future-based?
0: I mean, she is doing the same. I don't know how good I am at the enrichment side i think that's where mm-hmm. i'm not, i'm not a very good dog parent i put so much of the energy into her running two miles a day the kids will throw the yellow sphere i can't mm-hmm. she even knows b-a-l-l so hopefully she's not paying attention mm-hmm. um and she'll they'll throw that around and, and actually the shatty ball the purple squishy ball that you nice. get um, so we will throw that around, but the, and sometimes the take the treats and she watches us put the treats in different parts of, of the house uh-huh. and then we say, oh, really and good. then release her, you know, okay, go, uh-huh. you know, versus like stay, hold right. And put the, and she's starting to get up cause she heard that word. Uh-huh. And then she goes and tries to find her, her memory is terrible. Like she does not remember like where, I mean, I mean, I just put the thing on the chair. Why are you not going to go get it? But she sniffs it out. Um, so that's good. But I think that I, I, I need to do a better job of enrichment while, while being. What home. are
1: you talking
2: about? That sounds amazing. Well, because that's there's great. so, because I've heard... too.
0: no, because for friends for life at the, at the no kill animal shelter, like there's mm-hmm. so many different things that they do for types of training and social enrichment that just almost academic, I would say, uh, that I've got things I can do. Um, and, and I, I, I just don't make it a habit to to do that so what about you
2: i do the hiding of the treats my favorite is a frozen peanut butter kong you told me
0: this before i forgot what you do
2: um so i take the kong and i either put some like reward treats Uh, in there or some or whatever extra treat put some peanut butter and layer the inside of it and then put a cap of peanut butter on top and I just put it in the freezer for, just forget about it actually. I to
0: oh, it I'm gonna, why didn't you tell me about that? Cause you know, I put the peanut butter on the mm-hmm. Kong. You should have told me to put it in the freezer.
2: You know, it's great. Cause then like I, it just, it takes longer for them to, to take care of it. And like, it's all about enrichment and like keeping their, their mind active. So they're figuring out how to do that. And it's great whenever summertime comes around to help cool them off.
0: I'm going to look at my, I'm going to give one more for those who are dog folks about some good, like one of those training one I wanted to do do a good one oh yeah i like relaxation the relaxation training on the mat so when they you put out a mat or a towel or anything on the ground and then you do not tell them to go to the mat when they go to the, they will at some point like when you're standing even sort of near it you they go on the mat you give them a treat and then when they lie down by themselves You give them a treat at eye level and an extra one, but you don't get – and you reinforce all this with whatever is the Q word that you use, but in a more quieter way. So instead of yes or good boy or good girl, it would be good boy good girl. So there's more calm. And then they're going to come off that mat at some point. But then when they go back to the mat, you give them another treat, uh, the good boy girl, whatever is the word that that parent uses. And then the key part of this, which is cool, is to release them from the mat. So after they they realize, oh, wait a second, I'm going to stay at this mat because I keep Mm -hmm. getting treats. You say, okay. And you turn away from the mat and maybe point away with your body and that releases the dog from the mat. If they want to get off, they come off the mat. You do not, again, you never ask them to go back on it. Once they go back on it, you reward them with a treat. And when you keep practicing that over and over again, it's it's a relaxation training. So for the dog that have high energy, uh, this is a great way to keep them calm uh, and, and a good enrichment one. Now I say that being closer to our need and of course they need to make sure you're getting the outside walks mm-hmm. and the, and if your dog needs to run please please run them um but that that's an example of of another piece of the relaxation training that that's neat to do Have you heard that one before
2: no i have not i like that a lot
0: that's neat yeah that's straight from friends for life and uh Adalie walding who is uh, god's gift to dogs
2: Oh, that's beautiful. I'm definitely have to try that on uh, on the pup here. She's, uh, she's, yeah, like, she doesn't exactly like her much. bed, especially. Like, okay. Um, have you seen the videos of the people doing the obstacle courses with the toilet papers and having them like jump over like a small row of toilet paper, then a second stack and a third stack? So
0: explain this to me because I could set up an obstacle course, I don't think. My dog, Jack, which, that's great. You just made a uh-huh. mess of everything. Why would I go <laughs> jump and run and hide under that stuff? So, like, what is it that makes a dog initiate going around the obstacle course? You're using a treat? Uh,
2: Yes, a treat. And it's also it's also to stimulate you and keep you busy because because um, you're going to have to do it with her. You're going to have to show her and, like, do it a couple of times and, like, um get her to maybe run from a distance to distance. So she has to jump over it so she gets there. I think the kids can also have a good time with it just, like – Doing it because dogs. I've seen dogs learn just by watching other beings. I've seen a dog try to teach a baby how to crawl.
0: Okay, so the next time you do this with a dog or your dog, Mm -hmm. can you do a quick video? Sure. Send this to me. I'll do. I I really can't even visualize like how it gets initiated. I could visualize creating an obstacle course, sort of, but then like how you get it going and yeah, yeah. I gotta see that. I gotta see that. Okay. Okay. All right. Tell people how they can contact you. Um can uh shady waggers
2: at gmail.com that's s-h-a-d-y-w-a-g-g-e-r-s at gmail.com two g's but yep yeah, two g's but what's best follow me on instagram it's at uh, shady waggers you can see all the pups follow the
0: story two g's up to. yep yep <laughs> and um, if someone wants to uh get a consult with you uh, meet and greet um yeah just uh Give me
2: a phone call at 409-330-6876, so you can definitely text me as well. Say it and one more time. 409-330-6876. And website? And, uh, shadywaggers.com, s h a d y w a g g e r s com. And then check me out on Instagram. Send me a DM. Send me pictures. I want to see your dogs cute